0: Well, thank you for being here. We are in Zechariah chapter 4. This is the fifth vision of the series of visions that Zechariah is having on one night. It involves a uh, fairly elaborate lampstand uh, that we t- will we we'll talk about. And uh, it, it symbolizes something that Zechariah is seeing. He's going to have an angel addressing him and helping a- answer some questions. And basically what this is going to come down to tonight is going to be, by the Spirit of God, grace is going to be given to finish the temple. And it's going to involve uh, laying a foundation for what's going to take place in the future. It's going to involve the uh, two two, uh, olive trees, which possibly, it appears, are speaking of the priesthood and the line of David, or Aaron and David's priesthood, which are going to culminate in the Messiah who 's going to fulfill both roles, so it 's in preparation for what is coming in the future but yet taking place in uh, five nineteen as they 're facing these oppositions uh, it 's kind of an exciting set of verses again, a very elaborate uh, lampstand i don 't know if it, you, we talk about a lampstand in the tabernacle. they had one uh, they had ten in the temple of Solomon, five on each side uh, in the in the holy place, which is outside the most holy place, but inside the temple. And then you've got the Jewish menorah, uh, which is p- similar to what was in the temple. Uh, this, of course, is a lampstand, but as we read through it, it's going to involve seven lamps, but there's a lot going on with this. And. Uh, it's, it almost escapes art, artistic expression, at least clearly. So here we go. I'll read it in the NIV, and then our notes have it in the English Standard Version. Chapter 4, verse 1, the fifth vision. Then the angel who talked with me returned and wakened me as a man is wakened from his sleep. So apparently it's nighttime, as we know, but he's dozed off in the midst of the visions. He asked me, what do you see? I answered. Now here goes the description in the NIV. I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? Now, when he says, what are these, he could be referring, it appears, to the two trees, the olive trees, uh, but he could be re- referring to the whole apparatus of light stand that he sees there. Uh, what what are these, my lord? He answered, "Do you not know what these are?" Which in itself is an answer, which means it's 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 obvious. It, you you should know. It's important enough that we we shouldn't have to talk about it. Uh, what are these? Uh, Do you not know what these are? No, my lord. I replied. And now in verse six it's part of an answer but it's not the specific answer in fact some commentators will wonder if this has been inserted but but it's it's not there's no reason to accept it just seems odd there's no textual proof or anything like this so he said to me this is the word of the lord to zerubbabel not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord almighty in other words he starts to interpret the meaning of the apparatus than giving him a direct answer of what these things are. It means, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And then the angel is speaking to Zechariah. Now he turns and faces a mountain, we assume Mount Moriah, where the temple is going to be built. What are you, O mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. And we'll look at those words in a moment. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Verse 10. Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord which range throughout the earth. Then I asked the angel, What are these two olive trees? Now this time, instead of saying these, he comes back to his question in a, in, from verse 4. Instead of just saying, What are these? He says, What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, What are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil he replied do you not know what these are no my lord i mean that's why i've asked it two times i do not know so he said these are the two who are anointed to serve the lord of all the earth so now the two trees are symbolic of the two anointed who serve the lord of all the earth But we're still left at the end of the vision. Okay, who are these two? And because it's so vague, it would mean it's so obvious. So it's so obvious because these two would be Joshua the priest and Zerubbabel the governor. The last vision we talked about was the clean garments for the high priest. And so these two visions... Now, I'm not giving you that. I'm not saying that's the absolute answer. I'm just saying that's one of the answers. Uh, Zerubbabel, uh, the governor, which represents or is from the line of David, and Joshua, the high priest from the line of Aaron. And these two are going to be fulfilled in the coming branch, which is uh, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So these two are the two anointed ones that are supplying, and the the oil represents the Holy Spirit. They're the ones through these two, the high priest, Zerubbabel, they're the two that God has anointed and to supply oil into the bowl that's lighting the lampstand, which then would be Israel, which is the light of the world or whatever God is doing historically through Israel. Joshua and Zerubbabel are the vessels God is using to bring this light. And they are in a position of symbolism representing the eventual Messiah. And again, that's kind of what is being seen here, if we say Joshua and uh, Zerubbabel are the two olive branches. Revelation chapter 11, if we get a chance, we'll flip over there. Uh, This seems to pick up in Revelation 11, this symbolism uh, especially you're going to see Zerubbabel with a measuring or a plumb line in his hand. In chapter 11 of Revelation, you're going to see John doing some measuring, uh, dealing with the temple. Uh, several things here that we can, we can look at here. Um, let's go uh, to the notes, and I'll read now the English Standard Version. In fact, I've got that f- chapter 4, verse 2, I've got... The King James and the New American Standard also there as we describe the uh, the lampstand, chapter four, verse one, on the notes, page one, um, and the angel who talked with me came again and woke me like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. So that's the beginning. So after the high priestly vision of where he saw the 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 presence of the Lord and Joshua standing in front of him, we talked about last week, Satan there accusing him. Uh, he dozes off and goes to sleep. It is night time, so he 's you know how how this has taken place we 're not sure, but these visions keep coming to him. But the angel who 's been kind of answering his questions, interpreting for him now wakes him up and says hey we 've got something else for you to see." so the visions continue during this evening, and so again, he says, like a man awakened from his sleep, so it it would appear that he 's talking about physical sleep and not just you know. I don't know, spiritual sleep or something. He's like dozed off. He's brought back to focus on these visions. And he said to me, what do you see? In other words, the angel wants Zachariah to see this vision. And in his mind, again, if we're going to say what's in the mind of the angel, the vision captures everything. You, you see this? There it is. That's the answer. Well, Zachariah's is going to look at it and it's going to be like, okay, I, I see this, but what am I supposed to do with all these pieces? It's like, well, God's gonna get the job done. It, it means God's anointed these guys. God's gonna do the work. It's what it means. But here it is. What do you see? He said, "I see and behold a lampstand of gold." Now, again, forgive me as I begin to draw a lampstand. This is just—it's—it's it's some kind of a lampstand. It's a post, at least. Here, here we go. You're free to make your own sketches. Uh, A lampstand of gold with a bowl on top of it. Now the bowl is sitting on top of it like this. Or the bowl is above it like this. Somehow it's up here. And this is going to have oil in it. And the oil is coming out of this to other lamps. So uh, here we go. So what we've got so far is a lampstand of gold. Again, that would mean it's it's if we're talking about gold, it's in the, the tabernacle, in the temple, it's in the holy place. Uh, if you know because and that's where anything in the temple would have to be gold inside. Outside it would be brass or bronze. Inside it's going to be gold. So that that's kind of a clue. Uh, with a bowl on top of it and seven lamps on it. So we're going to put now. This is where you'd get your menorah look. You're going to have a uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then, you know, a, a seventh one sitting on top of it right here. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. So again, w- how are they? That would put the oil above. If the oil is sitting right here, where are you going to put the seventh one? I, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm just making this up here as we're going. And seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. Now, the lamps would be, uh, in that case, they would be uh, the, the clay lamps. And if you looked in the Jerusalem book, at the very end, you can see the lamps there. I, I would have brought it in, but we got the book. You can look at, look at the pictures. But they'd always be pinched. Didn't, did you read that about the lamps, but how they, they'd pinch, and then they'd have like some with four, and then two, and then the pinch got closer together, and then eventually you've got uh, the New Testament oil lamp. So this would be an Old Testament where you'd have like some kind of a bowl And then on the rim, they'd pinch the clay so that it would be kind of a little bit of a dip right there for the wick to set in. And that's looking from the top down. So that would be something that is sitting here. The English Standard says there is, on these bowls, there's a pinch right there for the wick to be setting in, if that's what it's saying. Now, that's what the English Standard Version says, with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on top of it. Now, you understand what that just said? seven lips on each of the lamps now are we talking about seven lamps and each has a lip or are we talking about on each seven lips would mean there's going to be seven wicks on each so are we talking about seven lights on seven lamps or are we talking about seven lamps with seven lights on each lamp and 49 lights again that's you understand how that'd be there'd be seven Fourteen twenty-one. as we go through. So it's either seven wicks or 49 wicks. And that, that that's the English standard is saying the lips. But no, let's go ahead and look at the translation there. Translations, the NIV says, He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand, all right, with a bowl at the top. See, not on the top, but it's at the top. And seven lamps on it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven with seven channels to the lamps. Now they're channels because somehow this oil has to get to each of the lamps. So now you're going to have a channel. Now this could be some kind of a tube, or it could be just a little, somehow, a little trough, a little runway coming off of each of these, a trough with oil that can just run down into this lamp and running down into each of these. Or it could be some kind of a tube, if we would say it. It's calling a channel, and there's got to be one coming to this one or wherever that one's at. So if it's, so it would be seven tubes, channels, running oil in. But if it means seven to each one, you're going to have 49 tubes or branches, channels coming out. You understand? Like that. Berean, what do you see? He asked, I see a solid gold lampstand. I replied, with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it, with seven spouts. To the lamps, New American Standard, and he said to me, "What do you see?" And I said, "I see and behold a lampstand of gold with its bowl on the top of it, and its seven lamps on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps, which are on top of it." So again, you're you're talking about either seven wicks or seven spouts, or you're talking about forty-nine wicks or forty-nine spouts to these seven lamps. Uh, you can think about it, you can discuss it. I think it would be more impressive to have 49 wicks because we can see that even in the Old Testament lamps that we've got in the Jerusalem book of one that's got four pinches in it that was able to hold four wicks. It would be like a, a light fixture with four bulbs in it, or in this case, seven bulbs or seven wicks. I'm not sure what the advantage would be of having seven channels running oil down. It can only burn and hold so much oil. The seven wicks is going to produce more light and burn up oil. That's just going to continue to flow in it. If you've got seven channels filling it up, you've still got just one wick burning the oil, and you can't burn any faster than one wick. I mean, I'm just talking. It's not like there's great insight into all that. Okay, Um, but we're not done. As we continue to look at this vision, I'll just rush ahead here. What we're going to see is there's going to be. I ran out of room. There's a tree over here. Here's a tree. Here's another tree, and they're they're much bigger, I think, than the lampstand. And the trees are going to be on the both sides, and they're going to be feeding oil into the bowl, into the oil bowl. But as we look, he's going to ask about. Appears the oil, two olive trees twice, and then the third time he asks about them, he asks about the branch on the olive tree so it seems like there's an uh, if i could do this if i make this a little bit better here's a taller tree and then here is the tree like up here and then up here is a branch leaning over like an extended branch coming from the tree coming over that is dripping oil in then this same thing there's a a branch sticking out of this tree dripping oil in so and not just dripping in it's running there's a channel running oil off that branch so there's a olive Tree with a pronounced branch hanging over, and then there's going to be a channel running oil from the branch into the oil bowl, which then is printing oil in the channels down to the lamps. Are you with me on this? Uh, Again, I I went ahead and and Googled uh, images or Zechariah 4 lampstand images. And it would look just about like that, anybody's drawing. It wasn't like, okay, this is a good one. It was just kind of not much. I've got one drawn in my Bible here uh, that's as good as any. That, I mean, I drew it myself many years ago. But that's what we're talking about. Again, I'm not sure if that's helpful. Uh, that's what said. but it is very elaborate. Uh, I'll continue. Uh, the points out here, I gave you the translations uh, 2, 3, 4, down through 8. There was a lampstand in the tabernacle. There's 10 in the temple, point 3. The light represents the Lord's presence. That's going to be important. What is this? This is the presence of the Lord in Israel. It is God's glory in Israel. That is what these lamps would refer to. Uh, The gold lampstand has a bowl setting on the top. The bowl holds the oil which fuels the lamps. The seven channels direct the oil to the wicks found in the end of the channels. The wick is burning at the end of the channels. The design of this lampstand seems to be unique. Again, this is maybe important. You may not want to agree with this. But it appears to be what we're just looking at is very unique. Uh, it is not the lampstand in the tabernacle. It is not the lampstand in the temple. It is not exactly a menorah, although it's similar even artifacts, I was reading some archaeology things about that in this section of the, the book of Zechariah, and it describes some things they have found. They found certain lamps with like seven pinches in the top for seven wicks in one bowl uh, for, for another purpose. Uh, but they haven't found anything exactly like this. So, again, I don't think we are supposed to say this is, you know, the tabernacle, the temple, a menorah, or something that was in use in the day, but it's combining all of that and making its own image. The point of this is it's communicating a truth, which is God is going to supply the power through these two anointed people who is going to provide the anointing that God has given the nation to accomplish his task, which is for 519 BC, but extends into the future of what God's plan is. Okay, chapter 4, verse 3. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. Uh, Again, I write, the two olive trees were there to supply continual oil for the lamps since the lamps burned olive oil. I mean, it's pretty clear what the olive tree is for. It's for the olive oil. Now, this is completely unique. Uh, Even if you say, well, it's it's the temple or the tabernacle. Well, they didn't have olive trees just right there growing producing oil feeding it in so this is a con- is an image of a constant supply of the oil and the oil i think is very clearly the spirit of god it's god's spirit i'll just say holy spirit God's spirit the spirit of the lord the oil represents the holy spirit and so there's a constant supply of the holy spirit for this time period through these individuals uh uh, there was no human effort, uh, even in the temple or tabernacle. And you can read it different accounts. When it was time to trim the lamps or before the lamps had gone out. I'm thinking of the time in Samuel that the lamp was to be lit and never go out. And the priest's job was to come in here and trim it. You know, you'd trim off the burnt part of the wick and make sure there was oil in it. So that lamp never went out. In Samuel's day, when he was a little boy still in the tabernacle, it was going to be destroyed in Eli when Eli was the high priest and Hophni and Phinehas, his sons were wicked and messing around in the temple and they're going to be killed in battle against the Philistines. It talks about the time, what time of day it was. It was, it'd say it was before the temple lamp had burned out. So in other words, they were, they were in a phase of neglect. They had lighted, but it was too much trouble to keep it lit all night that it would burn out. They just light it in the morning. Uh, you know, in America, it would be similar to keeping it, putting a flag up in front of your house. And then, when the sun goes down, you've got to make sure you've got a light on it, or you've got to take the flag into the house. And I've always wanted—I've had flags on my house, uh, but I've always got to take it in. I've always wanted to get a, hang a flag and then just shine a light on it. I don't have to take it down; it'd always be there. But you have seen situations where someone puts a flag up and then you right by at night. They just too much trouble to take it in and be respectful. They just leave it up all night without a light on it. It's like it's 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 a bigger deal here than the American flag but that's what it was they weren't taking care of it but nonetheless in this situation these there was no human effort this is this is very important no throughout this chapter or this vision there's no human effort this is focusing it's going to be god god is going to do it now he's going to do it through people but we're not counting on people. We're not counting on the Persian government. We're not our empire. We're counting on God. So when you look at the humans, they're going to be used. Uh, but for example, these olive trees, they're naturally producing and supplying oil, and there's no maintenance required. Uh, chapter 4, verse 4 And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my Lord? Uh, he may have, again, you could say, what are these? Talk about the entire apparatus. What is all this stuff? But he would be, in a sense, familiar with a lampstand and the lamps, maybe even the channels uh, bringing oil. But what would be surprising was we've got olive trees growing right beside the lampstand. It's like, what are these? These are unique. And we, by the time you get to the end of the chapter, you know he's asking a question about the olive trees because he brings it up very specifically. And interestingly, uh, Uh, Okay, I'll just point number one. I I should point this out. Zechariah knew what the olive trees were. So when it says, what are these? It's like, well, they're olive trees. Well, Zechariah knows they're olive trees. So we know, and I don't think anybody questions it. He's not asking, what kind of trees are these? He's asking, and he knows they're trees. What he's asking is, what do these represent? What do these symbolize? He knows this is a vision with meaning. And I'm with you so far, but when we get to these trees, uh, I can't, what, what are the trees? There's two trees producing oil for the lampstand. And so when he says, what are these, he means, what do they represent? And again, I'm adding that into the text, and you can correct that if you would want to. Because he says, what are these? I think he means, he knows what they are. He's familiar with an olive tree, but what are they doing here? What do they mean? Uh, it is possible that when Zechariah asked about thee, okay, I said that already. Chapter 4, verse 5. Then the angel who talked with me answered me and said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. And he, that, that in a sense, is almost a question, or at least it gives information. Because when he says, Do you not know what these are? Uh, he's not saying, Oh, you don't know what these are? Or even he said it like that, is indicating... Well, I'm surprised you you don't already know what these are. It's, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, really, you don't know what these are? Why would you? Uh, my gosh, you're you're further behind than I thought. You you, I, I thought you should know what they are. So it mean gives the impression uh, when the angel asks, "Do you not know?" The angel is emphasizing that it should be obvious to Zachariah what they symbolize because of their importance or their familiarity. So if he would say, when he says, don't you know, he thinks it's obvious, it's significant, and it's something you're familiar with. Of all people, Zachariah, you should not be the one asking, what are these? It's obvious, it's significant, and everything is revolving around these two trees. So he doesn't give an answer to like, these two trees are Joshua and Zerubbabel. Or these are the priesthood and the line of David. Or these are the two witnesses in Revelation. He doesn't give an answer. Instead, he goes, uh, I write in point two, the angel delays in answering Zachariah here so we do not know what the trees represent until chapter four, verse 14, where we are told they are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of all the earth. Um, chapter four, verse six. Here's the angel's answer when he says, what are these, my Lord? The angel says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. In other words, all of this, this whole vision, the angel goes right into, and some some critics would say, well, he doesn't answer the question. It looks like these verses are inserted uh, because they break the flow. Uh, But they really don't. When there's no textual evidence of that, they can't find a manuscript that they're missing. It's just, they're odd. But they're really not odd because Zachariah wants to know what these two trees represent. The angel steps back and says, don't you know? Well, listen, this whole vision, what we are saying, this vision is communicating, is this. This is the word of the Lord. What this vision shows you is this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Okay, I'm going to try to spell the whole word. Zerubbabel, is that right? Okay. I, I always hesitate to write that. So we're talking to Zerubbabel. It's a word for Zerubbabel, which is again in context because last time the last vision was about Joshua the high priest. You are clean. God has chosen you. Go do it. Zer- now this is Zerubbabel, and he is again in a in a in a tough place because he is in the line of David. He's been appointed by the Persians to oversee. But he can't become the king for two reasons. The Persians wouldn't allow it. And God has said, we're done here. You're not going to be, they're no longer going to be in this line. So this is the word of Zerubbabel for him on his commission. Just like Joshua was restored last week. Zerubbabel, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And what he tells him is this. Not might, not power, but it's going to be by my spirit. What this represents, it's not by your might, not by your power, uh, it's by the spirit. And here, I'll read it here to you and then we'll talk about it. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Again, it ends Lord of hosts, Lord of army. That means the spiritual armies, the, all the conflicts that are going on, the Lord of the heavenly armies that's controlling, again, like we said, all of this is saying to you, it's not going to be by might, by power. It's going to be, I'm going to do this. Now, again, might and power, we've got some things here. Point three. Might is military protection that Zerubbabel may be, tried, may be trying to assemble. Now, you've got the Hebrew word there, be Bihayel in the Hebrew refers to strength, efficiency, wealth, or army. Most likely, this might again. We're, we're now. We're that's what it means. It means uh, strength, efficiency, wealth, army. We're going to say here tonight. This might means military. It, it, it's 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 not by you building protection around the city. It's not you building up some kind of a for, uh, for, uh, uh, forces of military. It's not by might and power would be human strength. Uh, you know it's going to be your your uh, transportation bringing in the supplies it's not going to be you know your skill of the craftsman it's not going to be the number of your workers it's not going to be you you know having you know a a service that's going to get everybody focused and fired up for this building project It's like bring in special speakers and bring in the band and we're going to have a fundraiser and we're all going to get together, we're going to do this. It's like you're not going to have a military. You're not going to have some kind of a fundraiser. It's not going to be human effort. It's going to be done by the Spirit of God that's going to do this. And this is pretty clear. Again, you don't have to accept it. Pretty clear this would refer to military and this would refer to human strength. Not by your military, not by your human strength and ingenuity, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the project that Zerubbabel is engaged in, which is the temple construction. And it goes on um, like this. Uh, Yeah, point two is interesting, I think, to read. This answer suggests that the oil is the spirit of God. B, God is going to supply the resources, the work, the protection. Again, you're going to have to have the natural side. They're not just going to sit down and watch God come and build the temple. They're going to be the ones that have to bring the supplies and they're going to have to do the work, but it's going to be the spirit that is empowering all all these things to take place. Uh, Point C, even though Persia has promised to supply the material and given the decree, they've already got, the material has been promised them by Persia, the decree, they don't need to get a building permit. They've got the building permit. They've got all the paperwork for the supplies. So they should be in good shape. Uh, but they are facing some, you know, opposition, discouragement. That shouldn't hold them back because God is going to override all of that and get this job done. And that leads into verse 7 after saying, uh, this is the word uh, to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And then that is the angel speaking, to Z- answering Zachariah. Zachariah says, what are these? The angel says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And now the angel in the conversation appears, if we can play it out, turns away from Zechariah and starts speaking to Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah would be the, a, a rise. It's not like a high, high mountain. The Mount of Olives is higher. Uh, a mount to the, the western mountain is higher. Even it rises, the the hills to the north are even higher. But it still is on, in between valleys, the kidron valley and the central valley and they are going to have to bring material up the mountain and it is covered with debris i mean they have the remains of the former temple there so the angel turns and looks at mount moriah and says who are you O great mountain again now i'm interpreting this that he's talking to mount moriah it doesn't say mount moriah here it could be Who are you, O great mountain? It could be a mountain of opposition. It could be the Samaritan opposition. It could be the transportation strike that they're going through. The unions may be working against them. The mountain could represent anything. I'm putting this in the context that he's talking to Mount Moriah. That's why I'm teaching it. I'm not saying that's exactly right. But he turns and talks to a mountain. O great mountain, before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain... In other words, you are no longer a mountain. It's going to be as easy to get this, not by might, not by power. If they're going to use the military and they're going to use some kind of human power ingenuity, you've got to climb that mountain. But we're not going to do it by might or power. We're doing it by the Spirit of God. So that mountain is now a plane. That mountain, by the Spirit of God, that mountain, you're no longer in opposition. They're trying to figure some things out with their might and their power, and they are facing a mountain. But we're not going to use human might and human power we're going to use the spirit of god so that really neutralizes this mountain it's not an opposition any longer oh great mountain before zerubbabel again notice the human element zerubbabel is the one that's going to have to execute it if he executes it by might and power he's got a mountain to face but if he relies on god and he's still going to have to go to work like he would have had to do if if he's using his might and power he's still gonna have to get up and go to work But now it's the Spirit of God working through him. In the natural, it may not even look different. It's not like he doesn't have to go to work, you know, only got to work one day a week. He still maybe has to go to work every day, go through all the motions. But the energy is going to be coming from the Spirit of God. And this mountain that he's trying to conquer is going to become a plain. Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of, here it says, Grace, grace to it. Now, if you notice in the NIV, or maybe in your, tran- I'll ask you what your translation say. In the NIV, it says, to the shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. What, what do you guys have in chapter 4, verse 7? God bless it, God bless it. Everybody's happy with, okay. Uh, the, the English standard says, grace, grace to it. And if you look at point 3, uh, the word bless in, in Hebrew is, or is Hebrew, H-E-N. I forgot to I telecised it. It's H-E-N, is the word bless. But as you study it out, and you can see the English Standard Version has picked up on this, is a common word for grace in the Old Testament, the word hen or bless. It is often used to refer to divine favor to humans who have not earned it in the Old Testament. I mean, re- repeatedly, I mean, often. The word hen means blessed, but it, it, it translates or it comes across as when you see it in action, it's grace. God has, well, God has blessed you. Well, what I mean, the very con, even in English, God's blessed you. It's like, yes, I worked pretty hard. To be blessed by God means he has poured out favor on you, uh, which we'd call grace in the New Testament. So it's the same idea, even it carries over in the Hebrew. And that's why they say, the mountain shall become a plain before Zerubbabel, and he shall bring forth. Zerubbabel shall bring forth the top stone. Now, remember, there's the word stone. You may want to remember the last vision. There was an inscription written on the stone. Is that the same stone? But again, or is what, what, what is there a connection? Possibly, you think about it. But nonetheless, it appears that this is the the final stone. As they're going, they're going to bring out the final stone and set it in place. And as they set it in place. Everyone is going to realize uh, the people that were building it and the opposition that tried to stop it are going to realize this was god's grace you You can't do this you You can't accomplish there is too many people working against you. there is too much debris, the mountain's too high you, you don't have enough people. but look at that you just put the cat- you just finished the building. grace, grace to it. it that was, that was not user rubbable. You do not have the ability to accomplish that. It's too hard. And it would have been if it was might or power. If he's up there trying to figure out how he's going to do it, but this vision is telling him God is going to do this. You're at this point in history, you're the man. He's going to anoint you to get the job done for all the people. The oil and the anointing is going to flow through you, and pretty soon you're putting the capstone on, and when you see that, everyone's going to look at each other and go, this is impossible. Even the opposition, they will be saying, grace, grace to it, which means God did this. God, this is the work of God. So now, again, remember what is being said here. Zechariah sees the vision of the, the lampstand, the trees, says, what are these? The angel says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. That's the message of this vision. Then he turns them out and says, Before Zerubbabel, you're a plain. And Zerubbabel is going to bring out the capstone, the final stone, amid shouts of everybody admitting grace, grace to it. This was God's work. This was done by, not by might, not by power. It was done by the Spirit of God. I mean, so in other words... Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Then he turns the mountain and says, when they see this done, they're going to say, that wasn't by might or power, it's by the grace of God. Verse chapter 4, verse 8. Now, then the word of the Lord came to me, Zechariah saying. Now notice, he asked the angel a question. The angel woke him up, shows him the lampstand and the trees and the oil. Zechariah asked, what are these? The angel says, the message is, to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, and this mountain's going to become a plain, the, temp- the temple's going to be completed, and everyone's going to know it's by grace, and that's the angel speaking to Zechariah and the mountain, and now, chapter 4, verse 8, "...then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, now, as a prophet, he's receiving divine revelation, not from an angelic interpretation, but from God himself." Chapter 4, verse 9. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation. That's when they came back. They laid the foundation when they came back in uh, 536. They laid the the foundation here. It's been that 20-year period that they've been waiting. Zerubbabel has been there the whole time. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. They've waited 20 years. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you and so that's almost like a reiteration of what's just been seen Zerubbabel has laid the foundation there's 20 years of opposition and confusion now they're back on track because of Haggai and Zachariah's encouragement and now he's going to complete it and when it is completed then you'll know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you now uh if you look in chapters, we, we're going to eventually get to chapter 6 of Zechariah. And you can flip there in your Bibles if you want to. It's just interesting. I need to point it out because we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Zechariah is going to lay, has laid the foundation. He's going to complete it. He's going to set the capstone on this 516 temple of what we call Zerubbabel's temple. But in chapter 6, beginning in verse 12, I'll read chapter 12, verses 12 through 13. It says this. Again, we're jumping into the middle of, of uh, uh, one of the visions. Tell him this. Oh, excuse me. Tell him this is what the Lord Almighty says. Here is the man whose name is the branch. Now, we, we know that's prophetic for the Messiah. And he will branch out from his place and build the temple of the Lord. Now, is this branch Zerubbabel or is this? because Zerubbabel is going to complete this, now the branch is building another, is this in the future? Or is Zerubbabel the branch? It is he who will build the temple of the Lord, and he will be clothed with majesty. Okay, that's kind of hard to say that's Zerubbabel, because that's right out of Isaiah 53. Yeah, 53 when it says, when the Messiah comes, they didn't see the majesty. But in sixty-three, Isaiah 63, verse 1, who is this striding from Edom clothed with Majesty. Ma- magis- so in Isaiah 53 the Lord was was majestic, but no one could see it. In Isaiah 63 he's striding forth and everyone can see it. Now this branch will build the temple and he will be clothed with majesty and will sit and rule on his throne and Zerubb or Zechariah is there, ne- yeah, Zachariah excuse me, Zerubbabel is never going to sit on his throne and rule. And he will be a priest on his throne. Well, now you've got the combination of the the Davidic and the Aaron in the branch, who's both the priest and the king, and he's sitting on his throne and ruling. And there will be harmony between the two, meaning the priest and the king. The crown will be given to, and it goes on talks about, because that that vision is about a crown that's going to be made for Joshua. When we get there, uh, it appears there's actually going to be a crown that is going to be made, physically made, and then set aside for Joshua the priest, which represents, not Joshua, but what he, his position, which is eventually going to become the position of the Messiah, both the king and the priest. Well, nonetheless, let's go back to chapter 4. Because it's right there. Zerubbabel is going to complete the temple, but yet the temple is going to be completed by the branch, who's going to be, apparently, the Lord, God, the Messiah, who's fulfilling it. Which must be a future temple, which probably matches up with Ezekiel's temple in the millennium. Okay, we're in chapter 4, on page 2, chapter 4, verse 9. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you'll know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. In other words, when you see this complete, then you'll know Zechariah was a prophet sent by God. Now, and this is why some of these prophets, the books, we still have them. Is they put within them a prophecy and even a, a a claim to when you see this you will know, you may doubt me you may wonder but just wait and see and so they would set you wonder how many books were set aside by that were so called prophets and then nothing happened and they just threw them away, but when they set Zacharias with like Isaiah's or especially Jeremiah's material Jeremiah's it was ripped up it was discarded he was criticized but someone kept a copy but. In the end, after the destruction, after they came back, he's like, where is that book from Jeremiah? Because everything he said, it's like you can't argue with him anymore. because everything he prophesied, you say, well, he wasn't very patriotic. He, he wasn't very faithful. He was very negative all the time. He wasn't supporting the priesthood. It's like, yeah, so that's why we, we we abused him. We put him in stocks. We put him in prison. But yet now, on the other side of history, everything he said took place, so let's keep this book. But Zach or Jeremiah dealt with and faced false prophets who also wrote things down and handed them out. And where'd they go? It's like they were destroyed, but people didn't even try to keep a copy because everything they said about peace and prosperity, it it didn't happen, and they weren't kept. And so Zechariah is putting right in here in verse 9, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts... Has sent me to you, and that would be the Lord of hosts has sent Zechariah to you, Israelites, or the Jews at that time. Chapter 4, verse 10 For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice. In other words, this vision that he said we can read this and we say oh it's exciting look how they're so confident they're so bold they got but that's why they're being given a vision they're not confident they're not bold they're they're afraid is Z- that joshua doesn't think he's worthy of the high priesthood zerubbabel's like how am i going to get this done i can't even get cooperation with the trucking companies it's like the samaritans are trying to undermine us it's like and he's trying to figure it out it's like zach or zerubbabel it's gonna happen god is gonna do this just relax in fact when you get this done and you see it done, you will know that I, Zechariah, was a prophet. So keep these things here. Because in a few months, you're going to know, my gosh, you're exactly right. We're going to keep this. For whoever, and here's what, ha- what is happening in this day. For whoever has despised the day of small things, and that's a lot of people hearing Zechariah talk. Now, say to this mountain, you'll become like a plane. People are like, Zechariah. He said, listen. Even those of you that are saying, are despising the day of small beginning, we'll never get this done. You're eventually going to say, you're going to eventually rejoice. You're going to eventually be saying, grace did it. You're going to be rejoicing. Even though today you're looking at me, you're crazy. You shall rejoice, and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range through the whole earth. And now these seven, apparently... We're going back to the, the seven lamps. They are the eyes that range throughout the earth. It's, it's a completeness, and God is not just looking at Israel. He, he's looking at the whole earth. He knows what's happening throughout the earth, and when he says this is going to take place, yeah, but have he, has he considered what's happening in Greece? Has he considered what's happening in Persia? It's like, yeah, yeah. His eyes are seeing everything, and this is going to get done. This is not just a local matter, because they all have their local gods, their local you know, systems or local temples. This is the universal God doing it right here. Uh, For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Now, if you read, I'm reading, that's the English standard. The NIV says it this way. They write it in chapter 4, verse 10. Who despises the day of small things? Question mark. Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Now, that gives the impression, who despises the day of small things? But when they see Zerubbabel, I mean, there's, there may be some doubt, but when they see Zerubbabel come out with that, that plumb line, say, let's start measuring this, they're going to say, yeah, let's do this. That gives the impression that when Zerubbabel, the anointed one, steps up and says, let's get started, they're all going to follow him. That may be the understanding. In the English standard, it sounds more like, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. In other words, they're doubting, but when they see this thing done, they're gonna rejoice and they're gonna see Zerubbabel standing there saying, well, let me check it. Yep, it's, it's square. It's like, oh, you did it. So it's almost, it depends on which way you wanna read this. Again, a kind of a, not a difficult verse, but an odd verse. These seven are the eyes of the Lord which range throughout the whole earth. Referring, apparently, back to the seven lamps. Saying again, God is in control of everything. Chapter 4, verse 11. Then I said, to him, now we're going back to chapter, was it chapter 4, verse 4? That was, it goes back to the same question, where we started at. So you can see why some people want to insert, take this and say, wait, wait, this section doesn't really fit. Someone put this in here. Except I think it fits perfect. Chapter 4, verse 11. Then I said to him, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? The angel has Talk to Zechariah. The angels talk to the mountain. The word of the Lord has came to Zechariah. Okay, got it. Okay. I'm still confused. What, lo- two- what are these two trees? And then it goes on. It gives us more details. Zechariah returns to the two trees. What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Uh, chapter 4, verse 12. And watch this. And a second time I answered and said to him, what are these two branches? So he says second time, but it would be you know in a sense the, third, the first time was answered with other questions or other answers. So this would be the second time. He says, what are these two trees? And then he says, what are these two branches of the olive trees which are beside the two golden pipes from which the golden oil is poured out? And so several things. And that's why we, we're seeing this now from a different perspective. You now have, I'll put a, the bowl right here. Here's the lamp stand. I'm going to make it a little smaller this time. Now you've got the tree, the two trees right here above like this. And this is the oil, the oil. They've got the channels coming out. But now there's a branch, some part of the tree extending out that's bigger. Again, it's producing oil. And then there's, let me just read it right here. And a second time I answered him, and says, what are these two branches Out of the olive trees, which are beside the two golden pipes from which the golden oil is poured out. And so that gives the idea that there's two golden pipes coming in. Golden, meaning it's part of the lampstand, coming into here. A golden pipe here and a golden pipe here. Putting oil into the the supply. And then out of here are the channels coming down to the the lamps on the side of the lampstand what what are these two and so first what are the two trees these branches that are coming out what what is this and again the angel says do you not know what these are (laughs) i mean to be comical well yeah that's why i've asked you for the third time don't give me another big picture what are the two trees he says do you not know what these are i said no my lord talking to the angel He's not calling the angel Lord, just, you know, sir. Then he said, here's the answer. And it's still kind of, for me, it's still like, okay, ask him one more time. I need names. I mean, give me. is it Elijah and, and, and Noah? Is it Moses and, you know, Enoch? Who, who are these people? Then he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Now the seven eyes are the Lord who sees out throughout the whole earth. Now these are the two that stand by the Lord who sees everything with the seven eyes throughout the whole earth. These are the two anointed ones. And because the angel is repeatedly, not refusing to answer, but it's like, I don't need to answer that. You you can figure this out. It's obvious. It's 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 what this whole vision is about. These two people. It's like, I still don't get it. Who are they? And so I still don't get it. I mean, who are they? In the context, like I said, I think one of them has to be Joshua the high priest. The other is Zerubbabel because the whole vision was about who? Zerubbabel getting the job done. So, you know, that would make sense that if there's two of them, one is is a man, Zerubbabel. They're the two anointed. In fact, let's look at this. I put the Hebrew in here for you. These are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. In the Hebrew, reading it backwards, so he said, these are two ones, the anointed ones, who stand beside the Lord of all the earth. If you look at uh, where the word ones, see in the Hebrew ones above it is this word, B-E-N-E, and you know Ben means son of, Benjamin, son of my right hand. Bene is plural, this means sons. So, uh, and this is, you know, this is not in the translation here, but it's in commentaries and they explain it. Uh, B'nai means sons. And the word uh, where it says the anointed ones is Hey yashar which is a word it means, it's plural of what means from Yitzir. it means fresh oil. It means this, that phrase right there in the Hebrew means sons of of fresh oil. Uh, and so uh, it means the anointed ones. Again, it, the fresh oil, they're anointed with oil. The, the 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 ones, the sons with oil on them, the anointed ones. I mean, that's not a bad translation, but it does mean that the two sons of oil. Uh, and that I put Joshua and Zechariah, uh, Aaron and David's line. And again, I think God has anointed the priesthood and the line of David to accomplish, to serve him in the temple, to build the temple, and once that temple is built, Israel's is going to be back up, and Israel is the light of the world. They've got a purpose. Eventually, they're going to bring about the Messiah, and all this is setting the stage for the coming of the Messiah. Now, with that being said, that's kind of the end of that. I'm just going to flip flip over to Revelation 11. I said I, I'd look at this, and this may or may not be a direct connection. Uh, it, but it's just, just so you can see it, hear it right after we read it here. And this could be, in a sense, light years apart, you know. Or it could be building on it, uh, maybe much of it or pieces of it. Chapter 11 of Revelation. Uh, and John, in chapter 11, verse 1, says, I was given a reed like a measuring rod. Again, that would be, not just a yardstick, but maybe something longer to measure longer distances. And was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar and the court, the worshiper, and count the worshipers there. But exclude the outer court, do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They'll trample on the holy city for 42 months, three and a half years, and I will give power to my two witnesses... And they will prophesy for 1,260 days, 42 months or, uh, or 40, uh, forty-two months of 30 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. I mean, right there, you've got to m- take note of that. These are the two olive trees. So when Zechariah was saying, what are these? Who are these? Well, they're Joshua and Zechariah, the priest and the line of david well here he's measuring and he says i and revelation uh these are the two olive trees excuse me and i will give power in the the, in the last three and a half years of the 70th week or the tribulation god says i'll give power to my two witnesses (coughs) and they will prophesy for that last uh 42 months